0: Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also, amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Welcome back to
1: the Smarty Podcast. I'm Jen Flem here with Cheryl Perry, and we've got a very special guest today, Laura Fleming. Laura is a Smarty mama of two children, ages 13 and 10, and today we're gonna to talk about her oldest son, Noah's life struggle with a very misunderstood disease called pandas and pans. I met Lara several years ago when our boys did competitive gymnastics together and I had no idea he was struggling so hard. The Noah I saw was a fierce competitor with a sarcastic sense of humor, just like his mama. He laughed, played, goofed off. He was your typical young boy. What I didn't know was he has been battling an illness since he was a baby, just recently diagnosed. And it only surfaced when he was in the comfort of his own home. So thank you for coming today and sharing your story. And we're just gonna defer to you right now and just tell us what is PANDAS and PANS and what are the symptoms and differences?
0: Um, Thanks for having me. So PANS is the overarching illness and then PANDAS falls under it. PANS is when a child or really a person's immune system becomes dysregulated when it is triggered by a virus or a bacteria. PANDAS is specific to strep, so PANDAS is caused when a child has strep, it's not eradicated, it's not gotten rid of completely, and then that child immediately starts showing symptoms. Um, Pans is broader, so it's caused by any number of viruses or bacterial infections. The symptoms, and, it, and it's, it's pretty much overnight in most cases, um, The symptoms, the immediate onset is OCD, severe food restriction, which we had both of those. Um, Even little? Even little, like Noah started showing signs when he was one. And one of the big signs was that he stopped eating. So he would only drink um, chocolate milk. And actually that started um, around 18 months. So he started becoming very obsessed and would not sit in his high chair and eat unless he had all of the electronics in the house on the kitchen table with him. So he was obsessed with batteries and things with cords and remote Mm -hmm. controls and things like that, like obsessed with them. And so he's your firstborn. He's our, yeah. So you didn't
1: really know that that was odd. Had he been
0: sick? Like, had he gotten strep or? You know, we, we don't even remember. So, um, he had really bad diaper rash as a baby, and when he got diagnosed finally with PANS, one of the, and we brought his entire medical file, and he got diagnosed around age eleven. One of the things the doctor noticed was that he had really bad diaper rash, and apparently strep can sit in diaper rash, yeah, which I had no idea. Yeah. So she thinks it was from that, um, but we don't remember if he if he had strep. He wasn't diagnosed with it at that young age, so. He was he was very obsessed with electronics and wouldn't sit in his high chair unless um, all of the electronics in the house were sitting there with him. And then food restriction came on pretty quickly after that, where he would only drink chocolate milk, he would not eat any food. So our pediatrician just told him to, told us to give him carnation instant breakfast, which he ate for that's all he drank for about a year. Um, and was there a red
1: flag with the pediatrician? No. I mean, that seems he was a little he was like weird a to picky give. Picky we thought he was just like a carnation and
0: free breakfast. here you go, yeah. right? Two or two or three. We were like, okay, but no. He he was like, well, some kids are picky eaters, picky, yeah. and a lot of the stuff we saw was just, well, you know. It's a, just, it's a phase. Yeah, it's a phase. Well, great. some kids are like this.
1: I can see that though. Like, as yeah, a, like you. That's especially when they're little. You do say that. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I see yeah, that happening.
0: yeah. And it's when your first kid, you're like, okay. Yeah. I guess well, yeah. You, just, don't, you, you know, don't know any. You know. You, you don't know anything. You, you only. But then know when what it's your you fourth, fourth, you're so busy with the other three. You're like, <laughs> right. Okay. It's like, good. I can just you your parents. Yeah. Real whatever. So soon after that, his behavior really started to shift. And one of the common signs of Pans and Pandas is like severe anxiety, sometimes rage and aggression, which Noah did have for a while, for a long time. Um, Sleep issues, separation anxiety, not wanting to leave the house, learning issues. Their handwriting can really go backwards. Like his handwriting was, was pretty good at like age five or six. And then I remember like at age seven, it got a lot worse. And we were like, that is so odd. So the, 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 the interesting thing about this disease is that it is a lot of different symptoms that seemingly don't go together, right. but they actually do.
1: How frustrating. And
0: very, very, yeah, very frustrating. And not a lot of doctors understand it. So we took him to about 18 different doctors total over a decade. Psychiatrists, psychologists, he did neurofeedback for six months. Um, we did chiropractor care, we did acupuncture, we did homeopathy. Oh um, is he in a traditional school at this point? Yes, okay. he was, and it was. A, it's a wonderful school. Um, it's Dilworth Elementary School is where he was. Uh, great school, he did great at school. He did great at things like gymnastics with mm-hmm. Jen's son Walker. Like focusing on yeah. something, like, like a goal or... Yeah, and he, he was a people pleaser, and he still is like, he wants to be able to control his emotions and his behavior. So when he would kind of armor up and leave the house, which getting him to these places was hard, but once he got there, he turned it on, he did well, and then as soon as he got back in the car or got home, he fell apart. And um, that's a telltale sign of this is they don't want – they're not choosing this behavior. It is like they cannot control it. When they're at home because they're comfortable and they can let it go. And they
1: have to release it. And they
0: have to yeah. release, yeah, like they have to release it then because they do their best to control it wherever else they are, which is frustrating as a parent because you think, you, I see you control this, like you're fine. Right, why are you? Why doing this do this to you me? fall apart at home? Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so we, after seeing lots of different doctors and, and getting different diagnoses, like he was diagnosed with anxiety, ADHD, which he has all these things. Like, these are all correct. But we knew there was a root cause that we weren't getting to. Um, he was diagnosed with oppositional Defiance Disorder, severe separation anxiety. Um, he had sleep, like a sleep issue. He just couldn't sleep. And so we did a sleep study at one point. Um, and I had to sleep in the room with him. And what came out was that they didn't know why he couldn't sleep. There was There was no cause of it. And, and the reason why um, is because the part of your brain that PANS uh, affects is the basal ganglia and amygdala, which affects sleep and um, emotional regulation and um, things like handwriting and reading ability and all that stuff. So that's why all these different things are affected by this one illness. Um, do people do moms
1: like I? I get asked this a lot because we featured you all last year. Um, and do moms? The one question that comes up is, "My child had strep. Are they going to have this?" And I know you're not a doctor, but um, that's not the case. It's like it. It's not necessarily if you have the if you had strep, you you get this. Yeah, totally, right?
0: totally not the case. The 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 right now, the number that they they are saying is one in two hundred kids. My personal opinion, and, and some of the doctors who are really knowledgeable about it, is, is like it's more than it's more right around one in fifty. Yeah. So it's
1: not. I feel like it's way more common because yeah. it's now becoming diagnosed. Yes. In the past five years ago, this hasn't this wasn't even discussed. Yeah. You know, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. So who who eventually diagnosed him?
0: So we, a friend of mine. Her son got diagnosed with pandas, and I had never heard of it. And I googled it when I found that out, and read it, and went, "Holy cow! This is what he has!" Like is she I just ran in front of your she's a friend, through a friend all I worked out with. Oh my god! Yeah, like on Joe, Facebook, right? You really? Facebook. <laughs> saw <it> on Facebook, I saw on Facebook. That's right, Jen. Um, and was like, "What is pandas?" And googled it, and went, "Holy cow! This oh is my it!" Gosh. And he was eleven. So we, I, it was it was it was comforting because Facebook I, is amazing. Seriously, I know. <laughs> seriously, know. <beautiful laughs> yeah. yeah, right here. Yeah. Yes. Um, It was comforting because I was like, I know this is what it is, but but it was overwhelming also. So I called her. She told me that there's just very few doctors in the country that really understand it. And there really was not anyone in Charlotte at the time who could correctly diagnose it. So she told me about a doctor in Washington, D.C. that they had gone to named Beth Latimer. So we an appointment with her it took a few months but we got one drove up to dc spent several hours with her and brought his whole medical file and she diagnosed him that day wow. um how and, did that feel like
1: i bet there was a lot of mixed emotions there yeah
0: there, there were but it was mostly relief to know because i mm-hmm. i knew it and to have her validate it mm-hmm. and to have a plan
1: Um, Because I felt
0: like we were just grasping at straws for a decade and and things weren't getting any better. And he was suffering and our family was suffering. So she diagnosed him. And the treatment protocol is hard because the current protocol is that you give the kid antibiotics to try to eradicate any bacteria in their body. But he had had it for so long that that doesn't always work for kids who've had it for a long time. So we did that. She started my antibiotics, and he was a severe case. So she had us come back up two weeks later to do IVIG, which is a two-day infusion of um, immunoglobulin. So it infuses healthy antibodies into your system. And the hope is that those healthy antibodies will kind of overtake the unhealthy antibodies in his immune system that are causing these um, this dysregulation of his immune system so is we, it really uncomfortable yeah it is so he is hooked up to an IV for two days straight and he has to sleep with it <sighs> and they slowly infuse this because it causes migraines and nausea and throwing up it's it's um you know having the immunoglobin go in is not uncomfortable but the uncomfortable part is the the side effects so they do it really slowly over two days um and then they it's an immune suppressant because it's he had high dose IVIG. And then there's also low dose, but low dose kind of turns on your immune system. So you really don't want that with PANS kids. You want to suppress the immune system and then hope that it resets itself. So high dose does that. So it's, Th- this is there's controversy about this among doctors, but some doctors will say don't have your kids around a lot of other kids or in large groups. Some doctors say you get it's the real world and and their immune system to feel is normal. and they need to mm-hmm. feel normal and you don't want them to be stressed. You mm-hmm. want their body to kind of have a chance to like let this you know new all these new antibodies settle in. So um, he had that two and a half years ago, and then we ended up having three subsequent IVIGs over um, a year and a half period of time. And he was on antibiotics for about a year and a half. For him, I can't say that any of it worked. Um, He got a little bit better after a couple of IVIGs, but not a lot better. Um, And we were still really struggling a lot. So um, yeah, But, but with some kids, when it is caught right away, Antibiotics work, and and I know a lot of families where their, their child it was caught by the pediatrician in the first couple of months, and they start them on a high-dose round of antibiotics for like 30 days. It can't be like a 10-day cycle. It has to be like a long time.
1: Just like pills?
0: Yeah, like pills or liquid, and those kids are better. And oh. sometimes when they get strep again, it comes back, but the pediatrician is on it, and it goes away again. So it can be caught. The most important thing is that our pediatricians understand this illness, believe in it, and treat it aggressively, um, because I, a so lot of So they have to come in
1: presenting with strep and some other yeah with symptoms strep, such
0: as such as severe anxiety.
1: Like, instant onset. Like yeah, instant onset, than, than yeah. Like, like, moms know. It's mothers' intuition. Moms know. Like,
0: my, something's different about my kid right now. Or OCD or tics is very just common. something
1: very different. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, or, like, rage or paranoia. Just something that's like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And and the child often doesn't even show signs of strep. That's what's sort of right. crazy. Right, yeah. right. And so it's you take true. them in, and the doctor's like, they don't have a sore throat, but but. Parents have pushed and said, please check this child for strep, and the doctor has, and they've had strep. Because you
1: said it can be in other places, not just your throat. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. Well,
1: how tell us how Noah's doing today and, and really about the alternative options that you guys chose for your family.
0: Um, so this, I, I consider this... A miracle, but we last fall Noah started sixth grade um, at a, a you know large public middle school, and it was a really difficult transition for him. And we just were not doing well as a family. Um, Pans was really running our lives, so we ended up pulling him out of school and putting him into a wilderness therapy program, which I had only heard about a week before. But we we had sort of hit this place where we had tried everything Mm -hmm. and nothing had worked and he was becoming older and we were really scared. We were scared for him, for what we could, you know, not functioning as a family and and for our daughter who was 10 at the time. And the only thing she ever knew was her older brother having this disease that really ran our lives. So we kind of went outside the box and, and, did this, and so he. We brought him to a place called Seuss of the Carolinas, S-U-W-S. It's in Black Mountain, and it was amazing. Um, he went there last October, and we ended up. Making him be gluten free and dairy free at the same time, which we had tried to do at home, but eating was such a big deal. He was such a picky eater that that was sort of one more thing that was really difficult hard to for try you to undertake. To yeah. yeah. So, but there we were able to do it because it wasn't our problem? It was yeah. like he's yeah. there. We got to listen
1: you, to them. Yeah. yeah. Will you
0: also do this? And they're like, yeah. And they're eating like granola and you know berries and nuts anyway, so it's not that hard to do it there right. and peanut butter and things like that. So you're in a group of like six to eight kids all struggling with the same issues you're struggling with. You have counselors and therapists with you. You're literally backpacking and sleeping in the woods, but it's very safe. The the ratio of counselors and therapists to kids is like really small. So you have a counselor or a therapist within arm's length of you all the time, like 24-7, someone's awake, you know. So so it's very safe. Um, And after a couple of weeks time and we would talk to his therapist and counselor every week and write letters back and forth with him he was getting after 2 weeks we were we knew he was getting better and then at 6 weeks we got to visit him for a day and he he had changed so much and his He talked about the fact that he felt so different inside his body, and we could see the changes in him. It it was one of the most amazing experiences that we've had as a family to watch this unfold and for him to acknowledge with us after six weeks' time of being in the woods, saying like, I feel different, my brain feels different, my body feels different, and this is an inflammatory condition. So taking gluten and dairy out of his diet, I really believe, helped his body to heal and I also believe that him not being in fight or flight mode all the time and moving into rest and digest mode allowed his body to take a deep breath and start to heal itself because this is an autoimmune condition this is like you're not born with this your immune system dysregulates when it's exposed to something and starts attacking the brain Mm -hmm. which is the same thing as multiple sclerosis as Lou Gehrig's as dementia Um, all those conditions are autoimmune conditions And they're all neuroimmune conditions. So your nervous system and your immune system have become dysregulated in some way. In some way, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he, um, he was sleeping on the ground and hiking every day and in nature, and not having to worry about school, not having electronics around, which had become an issue the six months prior to that. He had become really addicted to Minecraft. This is before the Fortnite explosion, thank goodness. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you that would've been horrible. You peaced out right yeah, in sure oh We gosh. seriously lucked Walker out. Walker would've definitely connected with him. <laughs> oh, I know, like we lucked out. So, um, but he had become totally addicted to Minecraft. And the the thing is, these kids are so, like, struggling inside that sometimes electronics are the only thing that give them yes, kind of peace in a brain. Right. Mm-hmm. So as a parent, you're like, oh, you're happy, and you're, you yeah. know, you're doing this. You, and feel, you feel like enjoy. you're succeeding. Yes. Yeah, no, I just Yet really get it. you're addicted to electronics now, and I know that. And so yeah. it's the struggle of pulling them away. So that had become a problem the few months prior. So just not having school, not having electronics, not having the stress of all these expectations, I think he, his body just moved into this rest and digest mode, and the inflammation was going down, and he was able to heal. So he was there for nine weeks, and we knew through talking to the counselors and therapists there that coming back home and going to a normal school was not the right, right. solution for him, that he needed more time. So we found this amazing therapeutic boarding school called Cherokee Creek Boys School in South Carolina. It's near Clemson, and it's grades five through nine. It's 40 boys all struggling with the same kind of issues. And we visited it, and it, I mean, we fell in love with it. If we, we walked away, and my husband and I were like, this is like Hogwarts Academy for yeah. like for these boys. Yeah. So we, after Seuss, we brought him to Cherokee Creek, and he was there for nine months. So he did his sixth grade year there. Um, he just started in late December and finished in September. So it was like a nine-month sixth grade year. And he did great. It's a very structured setting, but it's out in the middle of the woods, and it's like this lodge setting. And the counselors and therapists there um, understand what these boys need, and they need they need structure, but they need love, and they need boundaries. And they had group therapy every day, um, or not every day, but the group therapy several times a week. They had equine therapy. They um had tetherball and basketball and football and disc golf and there's no electronics. They have movie night once a week. Um and they got to go kayaking and canoeing and white water rafting on the weekends and hiking, just a ton of outdoor time, but a ton of um structured indoor time also. So it was it was an amazing place for him and it's a very, the families are very involved with it on purpose because it's all of these kids, whether they, and I actually think a lot of those kids have undiagnosed PANS after meeting them and their families, um, but the families get very involved and you spend several days together every three months at seminars, so, it's just a real family environment, and the boys get to know each other really well because they're great. living together. It was it was amazing, and he, so he's a different kid now. He is a different kid, and and he does not have pants anymore. That is amazing. He, it, it was it was amazing. Like it's gone forever. I, you Do you know? Feel like I you're don't just know.
1: To know him now. Yes. Like,
0: yeah. I feel like this past year, the real Noah blossomed. Yeah. And he is this kind, empathetic, warm, funny amazing kid that we saw spurts of but we didn't see for long periods of time and he he now he feels so different now in his body and his brain that he is like mom i don't have it anymore and this was like in april amazing and i said i have chills i know i do too like i'm gonna cry (laughs) right (laughs) i mean let me tell you i have and i know i the way i knew that's so that wonderful. level of like, I knew he had pans in my gut. I know now he doesn't. Like yeah. it's that same. Well, you can tell, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like he, it, it's it's been amazing. So he has been home for a couple of weeks and. He's doing seventh grade at like a typical public middle school, and he's doing great. He's running cross country, and he just had a meet Saturday, and he did really well. I can't. He's excited believe. to go
1: to school. Yeah, with his yeah, and...
0: he's excited. He's excited to be home, and you know he doesn't have a Fortnite account yet. He no, he does not. <laughs> do not let him right. I, him. Do I know, it. I know. So what we allowed was a phone with communication and Spotify because he loves music. Now that was something he picked up at Cherokee Creek, so he has text, talk. FaceTime. Um, Do you
1: turn it all, all the other stuff off?
0: Yeah, you. We just have. There's nothing. There's no apps. There's no. There's nothing except text, talk, FaceTime, email, and Spotify. That's it. So and weather. <laughs> so yeah. we wanted him to have a phone, because you know, like, yeah. because. Yeah, he's a seventh grade boy, and we, he, he was already coming in like, I just came from this therapeutic boarding school, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, So he Which has every boy probably would love to be at actually, uh, like yeah, in just, and, and not have regular yes. school. That yeah. sounds like heaven for and them. And like we, after being there, we were like, every twelve or thirteen year old boy yeah. could benefit from this experience. Yeah. It was he is so emotionally aware now, and so like. Mature and able to like advocate for himself, and so aware of how he fe- how he feels, and he sits in his feelings now, and he doesn't just react. He, it's amazing. I'm sure you're learning a ton from him. Yeah, I'm a better parent Mm -hmm. for sure because of this experience and because of him, and it has helped me stay really present and not jump to assumptions or conclusions. You know, if he he still feels anxiety sometimes, and so he his first day of school, he had cross country practice, was a really long day, so he got to school at eight and he got home at it was like five forty five and got home. And so he kind of laid on our kitchen banquet and was like, I need to go upstairs and lay down for a few minutes because I'm just feeling really tired right now. And I just need to take a minute for myself. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Old Noah would have just flipped down Yeah, flipped yeah. out and yeah. just. You know,
1: that's a life skill that it, not many people have, and that's yeah. way to carry him yeah. throughout his entire life.
0: That's what we've been telling amazing. him. We're like a lot of adults don't have this no. skill. No, like, no. It, it, yeah, it's been amazing. Well, so. if there's a
1: mom, like, what piece of advice for a mom who's listening to us right now, thinking my child might have this? Um, what is your first piece of advice for them to do? Like,
0: what should they do? They should talk to their pediatrician, and if their pediatrician doesn't believe them. I would find another mom with PANS and talk to that mom. And frankly, I'd probably do that first. So Facebook has several Pandas groups, like Carolina, PANS, Moms groups. And I would get get connected to that group. And honestly, email or call me. I am, like, happy to talk to them and put them in touch with the right people. But finding another mom whose kid has pans, I would say that's number one. Yeah, because the you're moms, a wealth of knowledge, and you're, yeah, you have yeah. an
1: army of women here in Charlotte yeah. who have come together, which has been beautiful. And so lastly, tell us about the walk coming up, so, and where can we register? And um, so go it on.
0: is at Marvin Ridge, High, Marvin Ridge High School. It's on October 27th, 9 a.m. You can register at praykids.org, P-R-A-I, kids.org. And we had our first annual walk last year, and this is our second annual. And it's, it's literally like five moms of kids with PANS, and I'm one of them who plan it. And we raised $150,000 last oh year, and so
1: I know, so cool, right?
0: I know it's amazing. And so we are trying to raise that or more this year. But it's, it's a walk, and this year we're doing a costume walk for kids so they can wear their costumes because Halloween. Because yeah, Halloween, so fun, Thank and you. it's. Um, we have carnival games, we have a silent auction, a raffle, an acai bowl food truck, nice. which I just learned how to say nice. that. So, acai yeah. acai bowl, right, aren't we then? The best. And, um, and, there's pumping, pumpkin painting, face painting, oh, all sorts wonderful. of fun games for these kids. And that's a yeah. great campus too. It's beautiful down it there. It really yeah. is. Yes. It's. It's. I've, I have had never been down there before last year and it's huge and yeah, really beautiful. Yeah, great. That's yeah. a perfect place for it. Yeah, it is. And one of the moms who helps plan it is, um, her husband is a teacher there and a oh, coach right. there. And so that's it's good. been great to have that space. And then I would love to give a plug for um, a talk that is taking place at 2 p.m. at Community Hope Church. Dr. Rosario Trifoletti is probably the most knowledgeable doctor in the country about PANS. He has a PhD and an MD in like neuroimmunology. He's this insanely brilliant man who has founded a pans pandas institute in 2009 and noah saw him a year ago and a lot of pans kids have seen him he's amazing and he is coming the to same speak day. that's the same day he'll be at, at two, the walk at and okay. then at two o'clock he'll be speaking okay, that's great so we were able to get him to come down that's um, awesome yeah and so he a lot of pediatricians and um psychologists and school psychologists are coming to hear him speak, which I'm totally really excited exhausted. about because that—that that is what we need is Professionals who see kids, like psychologists and doctors, to understand this illness, mm-hmm. because if it is diagnosed and treated early, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Right. But if it's not, it becomes a very big deal. And yeah,
1: very scary to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And Smarties, we will have links to all of lara's tips on um, local resources and the walk and so forth. So, thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to our Smarty Podcast. You can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com.